Welcome to episode 72 of the Butters Podcast. This is my conversation with Andy Alsop. This conversation is made possible thanks to the generous support of my amazing patrons. Thank you all so much. And if you too would like to support this podcast as a patron, you can do so by jumping onto patreon.com forward slash butters. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash butters. But for now, thank you again for tuning into episode 72 of the Butters Podcast, my conversation with Andy Allsop. Enjoy. I need to get closer, don't you? <laughs> I've been away from you. I'm like, why do you want to be so close? What do you want to talk about? Don't, you keep sipping away. Well, we were talking about, I don't know, life stuff. You were talking about being homeless. I was You're talking about addiction, weren't Yeah, we? addiction. A lot about addiction. Um, yeah, I would say... I would imagine I've experienced addiction and recovery quite maybe differently to people that would have experienced it in their own countries of, you know, like, because I'm not from New Zealand, I'm from the UK. So I came here when I was 25, but I have been here 10 years, which has been... Why would it make a difference country to country? Because sometimes when you're in a... If I'd been home, there would have been more people around me you know that would have maybe stepped in earlier maybe or I would have understood more places to go for help like being in New Zealand when I wanted help I was really lucky because my boss bosses uh, at the time recognized and took me to the doctor which was the first port of call but had they not have done that I don't think I would have under I would have known where to go because I wasn't from here. Like, I didn't know about Care New Zealand. I didn't know um, that you needed a, you know, that you could just turn up there. Right. Yeah, and especially okay. being a resident. I will not a citizen. So, you know, you, there's always that whole, well, can I go if I'm not a citizen? And, and so what is Care New Zealand? Care New Zealand is a place that you can go to, which sort of, they assess you and then they put you on the road to, um, where you need to be going. So if you need to go and get medically detoxed, they'll send you to the hospital. If you need peer support, they'll keep you there. Um, to be honest, I turned up drunk to my appointment. I don't remember a lot of it. And a friend of mine took me there. So, um, And then they put me onto the hospital, yeah, where I was taken care of. Yeah. Can I just interject and... <laughs> Why the fuck does Akon keep popping up on this? Oh my, every time. Yeah, hang okay. On. Hang on. I'm gonna walk into the But like, look, if you put this on, Akon keeps popping up. Do you think it's like, like, do you think maybe it's like the universe trying to tell us no. a message? What, to listen to Akon? It's a message, Akon <laughs> has a message. The Chinese restaurants, what the? You wanted to put this one on. Something is going on. Okay. Okay. Let's continue talking. Should we start no. <laughs> if Akon comes on again, you're just going to have to part with him. This is true. He can't come on too many times. you just got to let him play it out. <laughs> I'm feeling the Fuji vibe. Fuji Lala. You love the Fuji Lala. 
Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, that was a huge... I would say that would have been a... It would have just been different, you know? Um, so are you, are you comfortable to talk about why you got into alcohol, drugs? Oh, you no, talked I about. I can talk about it. Okay. I mean, I think I left home so young. I think there's a lot of like self. You know, I don't think I was always comfortable with who I. I thought outwardly I was. I was on. You know, I was going out. I was gay, and I think inside though there was just a lot of trauma, like from past stuff. Uh, coming out, maybe not being as accepted as I'd expected from loved ones around me. You know, like come full circle, we do have a relationship now, oh, and it's amazing uh, for how far away we are from each other. But initially it was hard. Like I think it, yeah, and I think I just didn't know how to deal with it. And so I drank, took loads of drugs. The gay scene as well, like where I was, was it was heavily drinking. And, you know, I think that then led to being an addict at quite a young age because I, I did, had undiagnosed ADHD. So I wasn't aware that I was self-medicating, and I was. All, I'm also just prone to being naughty. No, I'm just I quite, quite a naughty person. I've always been quite naughty. Like I just. But is that a bad thing or? No, is I'm that just like. An exploratory. Well, we spoke about. I'm like. Yeah, I yeah. just like if I'm quite emotional, and I kind of I have to feel things quite hard before I'll learn from it. Like it's no good me just having a couple of like you know, shitty nights where bad things happened to me, you know, like I had some nights where I was drugged and, you know, bad things happened in, ho you know, it was just bad and I still didn't learn. Like I had to really hit rock bottom before I was like, all right, you know, this is it now. Like I can really reflect, but I'm like it with a lot of stuff, you know, like it's not just addict. Well, I'm a, I have an addictive personality. Right, 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 right. You're yeah. sitting here with like 12 foils in you. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I wanted to, you know, because I have this notion at the moment of what I want to do with my career and stuff. Yeah. And so like rather than just doing it slowly, I've just gone full balls to the wall straight away. And, you know, I think people know me enough now that they understand that, that a lot of my friends kind of do the whole like, or if you're still really like knitting. Okay, this is the, a classic example. Okay. When I started, I started knitting because I was given sleeping tablets by my doctor to help me sleep when I got sober. And then I got addicted to the sleeping tablets. And right. so I was like crushing them up or putting like two or three of them in a drink to get the same effect as I did the first ever time I took them, right. which was like almost like this real like out of it, like zonked out experience. Yeah. So every time I went back, I was like, oh, they're not working anymore. I need stronger ones. So he would give me stronger ones. And uh, and I just got to a point with it where I, I recognized that I was using them in an addictive way. So I like was almost like, like replacing alcohol. Yeah, I was just uh -huh. to sleep like and it was dumb. So I had I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw a guy being like knitting helped his insomnia. Mm, really? Yeah. No, it didn't help, but it helped him do something at night and because I am so dyslexic. God, I fucking sound like I've got like so many issues. I am quite I dyslexic. Know. Like, you know, I think a lot of creative people are. I'm not going to sit and read a book. It just it doesn't fill my cup up like at all. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to just try knitting. 
I got so obsessed with it that I learned to knit in a week. And then when I was done with that, I learned to make these like teddy bears, like Aragrami or something, where you like knit in a circle and you create teddy bears. Like a 3D kind of... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then... So you learned to knit in a week? Yeah. Well, I just obsessed with it. I watched so many YouTube videos and because I wasn't sleeping, I was up like my flatmates would go to bed and I would just stay up all night like watching YouTube videos, doing a row, unraveling it, doing it again until I could do it. And I'm a practical person. So like practically, I picked it up quite quickly. Right. Um, yeah, I and I go through with your waves, right? Yeah. Like I go through like these huge waves. So I'll be like really into knitting again, and I'll go and spend like three, four hundred dollars on like really expensive wool to make a blanket. Get halfway through, get bored, and like now it's sitting in my drawer. Right. <laughs> but then I know I'll come back to it, and then it'll become like a new. I'll become really engrossed in it again. It's very like it almost appears a bit bipolar, but it's too. It's not. It's the, the highs are not high enough and the lows are not low enough. For it to be bipolar. Yeah, so they, you know, it's a very, it's a, it can be quite an ADHD trait, ADHD trait, the hyper-focusing. So, but the way you talk about it, too, it's like, I, you know, friends of mine, like, know me now, know how I am, but so it's almost like you're, you're making an excuse for your personality. Whereas, I'm sure there would be plenty of research which would say, yeah, people with ADHD or, or people with your personality type uh, like like hyper like hyper functional hyper productive you know what I mean if you if you learn how to knit in a week isn't that kind of a superpower yeah it is but also like you know you have to be aware that my brain works differently to a lot of other people you know there's neurodivergent people right that's okay. what they could yeah. say these days yeah. neurodiversity yeah, yeah. yeah and you do attract that kind of those people to you just naturally but two neurodivergent people can often not get on very well that you know because if it's just, there can sometimes be like two magnets they just repel each other right. so like i often have friends that are like quite literal thinkers, lineal thinkers, you know, because it balances my off the wall thinking and yeah. they kind of bring me down and yeah. maybe sometimes I lift them up. You know, like I, right, I'd right, make right. them think in a different way because right. I'll just come out with something so random and weird that they're yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. It's almost out of the box it's for so them the because they're them, so logical they, and they're yeah, safe. Yeah, because they've got a logical brain. Like they've got a linear, I always think of it as a linear way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yours is maybe more so erratic and ad hoc. Yeah. It's not even in a box so or a squiggly <laughs> line. It's, it's, it's I think in the There's future, a box over here and your thinking is way over there. Yeah. I, unless I'm on my ADHD medication, I constantly think in the future. I never think in the present. Yeah, or I the remember past. you saying that. Yeah. That's fascinating. It fascinated me when I took it because it's the first time I've ever been really emotional about looking back on my life and being like, fuck, actually, that was, you know, it was a long, it was a hard paper round. And now I live on the hub. And, it, and it, weirdly, it wasn't until I took them that I realized how far away from home I was. Because I'd constantly been thinking in the future that I hadn't realized that, you know, fuck, you, got on a, it, you really are quite far away from your home. Mm. I mean, New Zealand's not my home, but, you know, like I had never even thought about it. Like I'd never considered how far away coming here was. I just got on a plane, got my job where I got my job, got off the plane, met, you know, the wonderful Derek LV, gave me a job and everything kind of just panned out. 
I think if had it not have panned out, I would have jumped on a plane and gone somewhere else. Right. I don't think I would have. Yeah, I was very lucky. I was very lucky to have ended up where I ended up when I moved to New Zealand. And because you said you're, you're a gypsy. Mm. So you moved around a lot oh, anyway, you. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Apologies, sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of Snatch. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not like that. Like, no, I, it, it's enough that, yeah. I, I have a very, I struggle to, generally as a person, I struggle to be in one place. Like, Wellington's the longest place I think I've probably lived my entire life. Yeah and had friends for as long as I've had them. So why, uh, so why do you, they really know me. So why do you think that is? What, what, what's yeah, kept you here? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there something about this place or this time in your life that has kept you here longer than you normally would be in one place? Well, I think I was an addict and I couldn't afford to leave New Zealand when I got here because I spent all my money. So I couldn't have got on a plane even if I wanted to. <laughs> so blessing in disguise. So it was a blessing in disguise. I also was working for a salon, you know, one of the top salons in Wellington. So, you know, like I had no reason to go anywhere else because I didn't know anyone in New Zealand. So what I was being, and it was true. It's a very, it's an amazing salon. Um, obviously, I had no reason to go anywhere else because I didn't know anything else. Right. I didn't know anyone. Like I walked down Willow Street, which I know now as Willow Street, from my hotel and I had broke my phone before I come to New Zealand. So when I landed, I got a new phone and a SIM card and I turned my phone on and I had no contacts in my phone, right. zero. Wow. And then the first contact I ever got in my phone was Michael Bill, bless his heart, because you know, he's the only person I had to text. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, like I got the data up and running and I logged back onto Facebook, Instagram wasn't a thing, and you can reconnected. But like people I was talking to were on the other side of the world. Like I didn't know anyone here. So then I had to jump on the apps, you know, Grinder, and oh, yeah, yeah. go out, find out where the gay bar was, go out to the gay bar, yeah. be friendly. <laughs> um, and it just kind of all went from there. I met my, yeah, I was, I was just very lucky, I think, to have wound up where I wound up. Like, as in the people I met, the place I worked. It was very, I was very lucky. And then I didn't, so then obviously the years went on and, you know, every time I wanted to go somewhere or move, like the universe kind of put a fucking stop to it in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, I ended up realizing that I needed to get sober. So then once I got sober, I needed to be in the same place with people around me and my support network. So it didn't make sense to leave then. And you know, like I'd still talk about it. I'd still talk about moving to Melbourne or I think over the last, since the pandemic and over the last year, I've really realized that, you know, there's a lot to be said to putting your energy in a place where people love you. You know, because then you're, you know, you're, well, it's, and it, and it actually becomes a lot easier. You know, you don't have to hustle as much or the hustling stopped. I feel like everything's stopped now and like I don't have to be in that survival mode mentality and I can start to soften out, maybe. So you're not in the survival mode, you're in the thrive mode now because you have yeah, that support network. Yeah, because I finally realised that I can stop and I am safe and it is okay to just be here and be be present and be vulnerable and be not vulnerable and, you know, in turn help other people. You know, I get a lot of people 
that knew me from the past and knew what I was like partying that now they've seen me get sober you know reach out in one aspect or another and ask me questions about sobriety or ask me questions about um, addiction what it's like to be you know how yeah because it is hard you know sometimes being LGBTQI plus yeah I say that right? <laughs> I don't know if I did. I'm going to get roasted if I didn't. Um, and that's bad because I should know. Um, and, you know, it does come with, it can come with a lot of baggage, pre-baggage. You know, sometimes you do feel like you are catching up with your peers if they are, you know, if you grow up and you watch your friends dating and having sex and being you know, experiencing love and that, and then, you, but you don't come out and really accept who you are till you're 18. You don't, re you're on the back foot with all of that. And so you have to kind of learn it again. You know, connections is different, but then it's beautiful. Cause you know, our, you know, gay people are the best, as you said. We are. You know, our community is amazing. Like, you know, it's supportive. It's amazing. It's ever changing. It's, you know, we embrace a lot of stuff, but there's also a lot of work. Like there's a lot of things that do need to change. Like what? Mm, I would say there's a lot of, still a lot of racism within the gay community, especially men towards men. R racism? Yeah, like there used to be a, like there used to be a lot more. And I think you see it more, you still see it in New Zealand, obviously, but in other countries you can see it a lot, you know, like, um, no femmes, no Asians, no blacks. Like, you know, when would you ever say that to someone? Right. You know, people being quite specific about the type of person, but yeah, I just don't, yeah, there's a lot. Right. And I think you'd be better off talking to um, my friend Vivian about what needs to change as he is, you okay, know, a I person of color who is. Actually, also, hit him up to chat for the podcast, and yeah, yeah. he said yes. But he, he I, would be, well, yeah. he's been away, but yeah, he would yeah. be an amazing person to talk to about that because obviously it's it's easier to talk about it had experienced it. Like I can't, I'm white. Sure. Like it's easy. It, things yeah. have been harder in the sense of addiction and that, but also I have have got quite a pass in New Zealand because I am white. I have blue eyes. Like you know. Yeah. Your Hitler's dream. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus! I really am. Even though he murdered thousands and thousands of Roman gypsy, yeah, I am. Uh, but yeah, and you know, the gay scene here is quite small, so we all do know each other. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I would say he's the best person to talk to in regards to how it actually feels and how it actually, you know, is. I can only see it from the outside. Can I ask you a question? When did you, when did you know you were gay? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was. Oh, I think I was like eight. Eight. Eight or nine. And when did you feel confident to come out? I came out when I was fifteen. I was kind of outed by myself in a weird way. I'd like been hooking up with this old man, <laughs> and he'd taken photos, and so I put them in my back pocket, and then my jeans were washed and they were found wow. it wasn't an amazing way for my mother to find out bless oh, her okay, okay. how old was he you, so oh, you, yeah, he was like in his late 30s okay. and how old were you 16, 17 wow. yeah 
We grow up fast back home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we grow up faster than Kiwi kids, I think. I think we have to. Why? It's just different. It's a different culture. You know, things are just a lot... We just, it, there's just a lot more access to drugs, things, there's a lot more, there's a bigger population. Mm. It's just different. It's like Australia is the same, you know. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing that, you know, teenagers are allowed to be teenagers for a little bit longer here. Mm. And hey, look, that it depends on where you live. Yeah. We live in Wellington, which is, you know, we're, you know, you're very, it's a different here, I suppose. It's a lot, you know, we don't live in, I don't know, yeah, it's just different. We live in, we live in Wellington. Different in what way, though? You, like, <laughs> just different, like, there's, like, some... Are we in a bubble? Are we yeah, naive? Yeah, like are we in a bubble in uh-huh. Wellington, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. We're not really aware of the no. world's world. No. We're not exposed to... There is poverty, obviously, in Wellington. Like, you do see it. Like, but within the CBD, which is where we live, where I live, like, yeah. you know, like, not, not to the level that you would see it in other places in New right, Zealand. right. I would hazard a guess. Yeah. Mm, interesting. That's so interesting. I mean, that's my opinion, but it's like, I don't really know. Yeah. It's just an opinion. <laughs> wow. And now you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward silence, but not awkward silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool of you to be honest and share this stuff. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of people that have a similar... vibe. You yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I was saying to you, you can kind of, like, once you've been through... recovering stuff, you can kind of just see people in people sometimes, you yeah. know, they need you can recognise, yeah, and something that either pushes you away or brings you forward it depends on where they're at with it you know, like sometimes you can be at a party and someone can be like taking loads of drugs and drinking loads and you know, like it's, you know they all they want to do is do that and you're like, cool well, you're probably not on my level and you kind of probably stay away from that person in recovery, but had you been an addict you would have been gravitated towards that person so when you first get sober it's really interesting because it's like you still want to be gravitate towards the same people but it becomes hard it becomes quite hard so you can't understand why it's hard and then or why you're finding it difficult to connect with people that or be around people that you are normally around so that's why you end up losing quite a lot of you know quote-unquote friends and you know they say a lot in AA and that which I don't go to I do it in a different way but AA is still valid like there's a lot of people that get a lot out of it but they tell you you know you be prepared to lose friends really yeah because it's just some people just they are your drinking friends and it doesn't take away from the friendship that you had together it just means that you're not bringing it forward into your recovery because it either triggers you or triggers them you know, like, if you're, and I explain it in this way, if you were in a group of people and you were always the worst person, you always got the most wasted, you always ended up in the most extreme situations and being the, um, you know, the, the crazy one, if you take yourself away, there's always someone who then needs to fill that spot, right, within a group. And it's confronting for people because they don't want you to go because then they might feel like, oh, that's going to be me next. 
Because really? they, uh-huh. they push themselves up against you uh-huh. and you disappear or you're gone and you're not doing the same thing, it's then them. And then right. that's confronting for them. Right. And wow. it's, you know, and so it can, it can get quite confronting for people for you to still be around and be sober in front of them. And they don't mean so, anything by it and they don't mean it, you know. So then is it, does it become easier to not be in the group yeah, rather than I mean, being there well, but being sober? Want, yeah. And you also don't want to do the same things anymore. It doesn't, you know, it's not the same for you. Wow, so it's not like I didn't go out wow. for six months when I first got sober. I just stayed at home, knitting, like an old granny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mark, I was like, yeah, I was very homebound, and I did worry for a long time if that was going to be, that was going to be it for me. I was going to be a hermit because I am introverted, extroverted. So, so you, you know, might I end up relying own. on home and uh, being like, yeah. okay, this is my safe space, and now I can't leave. Yeah. Because I'm, again, I get addicted to either being introverted or being extroverted, right? Like I either get into a headspace where I'm like, I want to stay at home and knit and I'm just going to focus on me, which is often in winter. And then summer comes around and I'm like, hot boy summer, I want to be out. I want to be doing stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and it's again, a constant juggle. Another thing to juggle. But I mean, having, having found out I have ADHD and having the medication there has definitely helped me stop overthinking things and, and kind of assess in my own mind like what it is that I actually do want to do. Because often it's like I think I want to not go out because of, and then I've overthought it and I'm like, yeah, nah, like, you know, it's going to be like this. Where actually I know that when I get somewhere, I'm going to be fine because I'm a hairdresser. Yeah. My whole job is talking to people. Yeah, yeah. So like, when I get there, even if I did struggle, I would just revert to... Being the personable, yeah. nice just, person well, no, you are. Yeah, yeah. chat, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. about, oh, you know, not, have you been on holiday? But you know, there's so many things you can talk to people about if you are feeling anxious, if you listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. you can pick at it and ask. And I think for the longest time, when I was drunk or, I would just talk at people and it's taken me and I still do it and I still talk over people a lot but it's taken me a long time to realize that if I am feeling anxious if I just stop and don't talk and listen then it's easy to have a conversation because you can just ask people questions about what they're telling you and you don't have to be particularly extroverted yeah yeah, 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 you can be introverted in a conversation I remember you talking about that before when we were at the cafe the other day you were like, sometimes you will, you feel like you talk over people. Yeah. But the, the funny thing, to, the funny thing is when we were talking, I, you never talked over me at all. So when you mentioned that, I was like, well, that's weird because that's not my, that's not my experience with you. But you did talk about the fact that one simple tool is you'll kind of just look around quickly, your eyes will dart around, and it will like recalibrate you. Yeah, always. And another tool I learned not long ago was if you are, if you are, if, if I haven't taken my meds and I am feeling bored, <laughs> like when, and, and the, the struggle is, is that you don't want ever to think that the person you're, or the group you're in is boring. It's just that it's not necessarily triggering any dopamine in your brain, which when you've got ADHD, you chase. The banter is shite. The banter is shite. Like, yeah, there's, you know, um, another thing that I learned from someone and I do it in here when I'm massaging hair, like um, by massaging my clients, because being a hairdresser, you know, you do the little massage. Um, I count everything that's green. 
count everything that's green. Yeah, around me. Or if I'm in a space, I'll count most things green because green's my favorite color. But often red is another color that's quite, is often around in people's houses or in spaces. Yeah, I count things. So I'll still be looking at them, but my, I'll be looking around and counting as well to shut my, to quieten my brain down. That's fascinating. That's another tool I saw on the TikToks. You learned that from TikTok? Yeah. It's good, eh? <laughs> you can learn so much from TikTok. Not all of it is, you know, I mean, not all of it is valid. I think some shit on TikTok is crap. Just some shit? Yeah, like I saw a TikTok as well about some, a girl who'd taken her ADHD, found out she had ADHD, she was in recovery, she'd taken the medication and then she'd started drinking and she was convinced that she could drink responsibly because she wasn't, because the ADHD meds had evened out the dopamine in her brain and gave her more control. I would be really interested to see where she's at now, but I never follow. I just saw it and I flicked very quickly past it because I was like, I don't know if this is messaging that I need to see. Mm. So you, so you'll use TikTok to research ADHD strategies and, and what oh, different just, people. Are, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can, okay. you can, you can use TikTok to research ADHD. That you can put ADHD problems or strategies. Yeah, there's quite a lot of big. TikTokers with ADHD that, and you're kind of not searching for tools and tricks to use rather than, you know, like hardened facts, because oh. really you should be seeing a psychologist for that. Right. But like, you know, if, if they tell you to count things if you're in a room and you try it and it works, there's no harm. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's awesome. But it if seems they're telling like you such to a up simple medication every day because you'll get this effect, well, then that's the psychology. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got you to gotta use your own initiative. Go see a psychiatrist. Well, or just wow. use your own common sense, like, you know. But I always wonder, had I learned, known that I had ADHD as a child, like, would I be an astronaut now? Or, like, would I be, like, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Because I can't take my ADHD medication and hairdress. Yeah, I remember you saying that yeah, as well. I that really was struggle yeah. with it. Like, I have to be off it to, to be creative and yeah. to... Because I just, I don't know, it, like, almost... I don't know how to explain it, but it just doesn't work. Well, you explained it perfectly before at the cafe. It's like when you take it, it... It shuts off that friend at the back of your head. But yeah. when you take it... shuts it, off the voice. Like, you know, the voice... The creativity and, is gone. Yeah, for me. That's not for everybody. I know... I do know hairdressers with ADHD that do take their medication at work. And it is very helpful for them. For me, it's not. But that's just how I experience it. And so, you know, I, taught, I went and saw my doctor because I was worried that, you know, using it as and when was... Again, the experience in addictive, it you know was addictive patterning, but she assured me that if you're not taking too, if you're not overtaking it, and you're under, if you're undertaking it, you're fine. If you're overtaking what's prescribed, then that's a problem. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So just using it to aid me rather than to, to completely to allow you to live. Drill me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. You know, like if I want to do something like so if I wanted to make a reel for my hairdressing page I would make it off my medication but to sit down and work out what it is that I need to make I would make write that you down do on meds yeah, yeah. or the captions isn't that fascinating Jeez. but you wow. just have to make it work but it does feel sometimes like you know like oh yeah it's just 
I think a, I think there's a lot of people with it, and especially a lot of grown-ups who get diagnosed with it that kind of have a like often have like a like a personality crisis almost. And when you're in recovery, you've got one anyway, because you're like, fuck, I'm not that person anymore. I'm this sober person who, you know, and I need to have, learn to have fun. And then you find out that you've got something else and it's like, fuck, now I'm this person off it, but this person on it. And you really have to reconcile that you have to do what makes your life the easiest, like regardless of what everyone else is doing. Right. And that only comes with time and age, you know, like, I don't know if I necessarily would have wanted to have got diagnosed young and being medicated. It came at a really good time in my life. Yeah. Do, do you think there's a, do you think there's a propensity for, for doctors to basically define someone? So if someone, if someone's a you know a little bit outside of the box, a little bit erratic, you know they're not linear in the way they think. For a doctor to have the propensity to be like, oh, you must be on the spectrum. No, because they do. They ask me a lot of questions. My doctor asked okay. me a lot of questions before she referred me. Okay. And then when you go to the appointments for it, there is a lot of questions. They really want to make sure that they're getting it right, especially in adults, especially if you're in recovery. Because, you know, like when I went, it could it quite easily looked like I was going to try and get hold of Ritalin oh. to take as an addict. So they have to be really careful. They have to, and they asked me a lot of questions about why I was there. But, but you know, I can explain to them. Go on, sorry. But I, I'm just saying, don't talk over me. No, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Let me come here. I'm going to check, check your foil. <laughs> He's getting some frosty tips. Um, oh, hey, frosty tips. But, <laughs> we need to rinse these off soon. Okay, I'll, f I'll finish this. But it, like, what if someone was to be asked questions and then for a doctor to be like, okay, cool. So the diagnosis is that rather than someone saying you're bipolar or you're you have ADHD, mm -hmm. for someone to be like, cool, you're a, you're a super creative. No, my doctor, uh, uh, I, I Do you know love, what I mean? If it's I kind love. of like, okay, yeah, creative people, I'm just using this as a scenario or an example. Yeah, creative people can be erratic, but they are creative because they think outside the box. They're not linear in the way. They're not logical. They, um, they jump from idea to idea to idea, and that's a beautiful thing. And so this is now, <laughs> you know, it's almost like someone redefining ADHD and saying, you are, yeah, you, we've diagnosed you as creative. You know what I mean? Versus we've diagnosed you as uh, a, a, log, a logical person. You're like, you're, Left you're, side and right side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like I, I, with, with all of these conversations I have, I feel more and more like there's a propensity just to be like, oh yeah, you're on the spectrum. Yep, you've got ADHD, you've got bipolar, you've got this, that, the other thing. And it's like, or, or what if someone redefined it and was like, "Yeah, you're a, you're a, like you're a, you're on the creative spectrum, and you sit here uber uber creative. So you're like fucking, the, yeah, the box is way over there on the left. You're not even close to the box, but here are the amazing things about it, and it's a superpower. You've you've got the ability to hyper focus on this. You've got that. You've got that." And the, you know, those are the pros and the cons are, yeah, you will like, you find it hard to concentrate on this, but it's not a negative thing. You're like, 
I know. I, I would love to see a world where it's like everything is redefined in such is, a positive way. They've only just, you know, there's so many things as well that, you know, like people with men, with that are neurodiverse. So again, you were you were about to say with mental illness, right? No, no, That's no, a no, negative I thing. But then, I was, but then, but I then was you like, changed it to neurodiverse. Yeah. So even even the 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 terminology or the new definition of neurodiverse is a positive approach to kind of being like it's not an illness it's a it's a it's a certain way of thinking but there's also you know like there was a really good reel i saw on instagram by a guy and he wasn't he wasn't a professional but he just had that and he he said you know like you think of all these like uh, positive words of adhd like it's a superpower like you can do this and you can do that and it's really great right but then he and i can't remember exactly what he said but it is it did come up a couple of times on my reel um, but he said you know nobody really sees like all of the how hard it can be you know so it is important for us to have tools there that we can access if we want to to make our lives easier because it is all fun and games but it also can be very like it can you know it can be hard on relationships it can be hard for somebody to un in, that loves you to understand why you behave a certain way and you know they can understand that this is the reason and they've got some reading that they can do they can understand your behavior a bit more I, I, and I totally get that, but again, I feel like it puts it on the person to be like, I need, I need to know that you have been diagnosed with ADHD, so I can accept you and the way you think, rather than being like. I feel if that somebody says that to you, then that's not right. But I feel like yeah, if no, you go into it together and but, you know you. Have no, it. but that's what it is. If someone can be like, oh, I've got ADHD, then a person can be like, okay, that makes sense because you're quite erratic and you, you know, yeah. you don't think in a linear way, rather than being like, cool, be who the fuck you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you might be hard to deal with and I can either choose to be with you or not. But the person with ADHD, quote unquote, could also be like, I don't want to be with you because you're way too linear and logical and I, I need someone creative and random and out and spontaneous. And I, I just I, I like I feel I feel like what it comes down to is and now I'm talking over you. So maybe I, I feel like what it comes down to is that the baseline, the basic is you know the standard is someone who is logical and linear and that is often considered the standard so anyone who is outside of that anyone who is yeah you know creative or spontaneous or ad hoc or risky can be seen as the anomaly rather than the norm and i disagree with that but there's a lot more people falling into those boxes now than there aren't. So really, exactly. So why everybody's turning? Exactly. We're real life, You know, in this young, it's new. All this ADHD and this is it, we're yeah. young with it. So in fifty to hundred years, you could be right. Like people could be like, you know, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. But at the moment, yeah. people need answers. And I know, and I know plenty of people who are logical and linear, who suppress so much shit, and then one day they just have yeah. a midlife crisis, or they just explode, or they do something crazy because they believe that they have to stay within the box in order, you know, it's a societal thing. It's like, I need to have options. I need to be seen as, uh, you know, like a, a standard citizen, but everyone, you know what I mean? I, I'm probably yeah, no, not articulating. No, no, I, totally, no, no, I do get it. I just think it's unfair for people to be like, yeah, cool. This is my, I've been diagnosed with this. And it's like, but everyone, like I don't, 
I but think I feel like it's say, unfair on this. that we don't we shouldn't be medicate. I mean, to be honest. No, I don't know. No, 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 I'm not saying not that. Saying I'm, that. I'm, what we say. I, I'm. I'm sharing my thoughts, but I'm trying to learn in this conversation. Oh, okay. That's yeah. I, I mean, I'm no is, expert. I don't know. Advantages, you know. Even in our conversation, like thinking back to what I've said, like you know, one disadvantage, and I've said it is, you know, I got into knitting and then I spent three hundred dollars on wool. Like financially, you know, I don't. I'm not rich. Like to go and do that is quite impulsive. Like, and I notice as well if I go. If I was to go to a warehouse and not take my meds and I was knitting, I would buy like 10 to 15 balls of wool if I like the color of it. And if I take my meds and I go and say I wanted to go and buy a candle holder, I would go and buy a candle holder. You know, I wouldn't go and buy 10 balls of wool as well because I like the color. I would, un I would know in my mind, I'd be like, oh no, you've got all that stuff at home. Don't waste your money. It's, an imp it's the impulsiveness. Like, so it, you do, there does need to be talk around it but again it doesn't need to be boxing but again i feel like when people talk about if someone's impulsive it's an it has a negative connotation that rather is negative than, on my bank account okay <laughs> very negative uh, okay so maybe you spend a lot of money on that but could could it also be positive like could it actually also be seen with a different perspective like yeah, I, like if we went into lockdown i've got 20 balls of wool to make a fucking blanket with and i won't be bored but maybe I will be. Yeah. It's a hard one because it's like, I think if you're gonna talk about all of the neurodiversity that people have, you know, there's so many different extremes and you know, people really either struggle and they have positives and negatives. And that's what I'm saying. If you can find, you just need to try and make your life as easy and positive as you can with what you're dealt with. And for some people, you know, boxing themselves makes it easier for them to understand why they are the way that they are uh -huh. when their friends aren't like that. Uh -huh. You know, it makes it easier for them to to be able to be like, okay, well, I'm like this and that's why I'm not like everyone else and that's great. So now I can just be me, you know, rather than I get that. Not, having not had that. It's like, well, why am I not like everyone else? Why can't I sit and concentrate? Or why can't I do this? Or, you know, like if you can just have that little box for yourself mentally that you can be like, and it's not putting yourself in it. It's just ticking it, being like, okay, I just tick this box and you. they don't tick this box. It's great. I get you. Yeah. So I understand myself a bit and I can, I can let them know and then they can understand me and then we can coexist. Yeah, I, I mean, think when you tell people you have ADHD, like when I told you, they were like, yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock. Like, people knew before <laughs> I even knew. Like, people were not surprised. I, I, I think maybe it's because I'm a defiant that I'm like, if someone was to be like, oh, you, you're quite impulsive, I'll be like, who, who's to say? You know, why? why? Why did this particular action, why do you define this as impulsive when I actually said in a completely different way? You're, you mention it as something that's almost negative, whereas I see it as a positive you know so it's like why so maybe i suppose i have talked a bit quite a bit about the negative of adhd there are so many positives like you said there's yeah. a superpower like if i want to do something okay for example when i set up my hair system business i set it up in the lockdown and i broke even within a year because i was so obsessed with making it a success and it's i really it gave me a lot of dopamine and i really enjoyed it yeah and so yeah, it and you learned really well. how to you learned how to fucking knit in a week, man. Yeah. But you <laughs> know, mean, is, it, is, is that not a superpower? Huh? Is that not that is, is yeah, that not pretty to... powerful? 
Yeah, that is cool. Isn't it? There are a lot of there are a lot of positives to it. You know, some of the most successful people in the world are neurodiverse. neurodiverse. So yeah, there is. It depends on what you put um, as success, right? Or what you put as yeah, you know. I mean, I don't have children, but I'd hazard a guess if I did have children, I would probably struggle to with some of the things, aspects of raising children with ADHD. It would, I would struggle with it. Consistency and, you know, all of that kind of stuff that children kind of enjoy. <laughs> you know, I maybe would struggle with that. And so, you know, then from, in that situation, say, it would be important for you as a father or a mother or, you know, however your parent or however you identify as a parent, um, that you want the best for your child, so you are going to go and put okay. yourself in that box. Okay, I'm going to just scoot forward and then, because you keep you keep rolling away. That's because I've been too close to people. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm forcing you into this. In that situation, again, I feel like that's a negative thing. Do so, you? So let me just run through this in my brain how this works and see what you think. Okay. Someone's diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And they're told that one of the characteristics is that you're inconsistent. Yeah. Well, you Re okay, research then says that, oh, children need consistency. Yeah. Okay, right? So then a person with ADHD automatically makes the deduction that it's like, I wouldn't be a good parent. To me, that is such a no, fucking... No, 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 no. They're not saying they're not going to be a good parent. No, but, but they, they, they might... identify things in which they're struggling with as a parent. But the way you talked just before, from the way I took it, is that you are potentially thinking, you know, like, yeah, maybe I'd love to have kids, but also I'm aware that I might not be a good parent because I can be oh. inconsistent. Or did I misunderstand yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other things I think I wouldn't be a good parent other than that. Like, you know, like there's a, there's a multitude of other reasons that I would think that I might not be a great parent. Not because I have ADHD. Okay. Like that's okay. Right. I was just okay. I misunderstood that. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But I feel like there can be those things. It's almost like you're told you're defined. Like, yeah, Here's a box. This is the definition. These are the characteristics. And then people can then be like, oh, because I'm this, that means then I wouldn't be good with that. And it's like, no, there'd be way worse other things that I would be <laughs> crap at than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. My apologies. I'm glad I clarified. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to people that have kids. Fuck, I don't know how. Yeah. Well, I'm man. I'm I, I have. I am so. Well, so was I before I had a child, I know, and I. But, but, I, like, but I, I forget to feed my cat. I was telling you about it. Like I fucking like forget to feed him sometimes. <laughs> and then he looks at me, and I'm like, what? And he's like, eh. And then you're like, oh shit, I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I luckily have a flatmate, and he remembers to feed him. But yeah, like I. Yeah. I don't know, I think I have... Or I'd be obsessive about making them out to be the best person that they could be. There would be one or the other. So you'd create this uber child who, who has learned to knit in four days. But yeah, but then also... As like a two-year-old. Because I, like, forced them into all these clubs and... Sure, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, isn't life amazing? Yeah. Isn't life absolutely is amazing? Like, people, minds backgrounds, cultures, substances. What, what's heroin like, by the way? Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Can we finish on that? <laughs> what do you mean, what, it's, what is like, what's it like? It, what's it like? Crap. I, I don't want to take heroin, but oh, I'm interested okay. well, to- I'm glad you say No, that. no, no. Frog march you straight but, to. I, 
but I'm interested to know what you know. I mean, that's a very specific drug out of all of the drugs that I've ever taken to oh, to, okay. oh, okay, to okay. ask me about. Yeah, isn't it? There's a multi. Why heroin? I would. would I, I guess it's because it's a drug I've never consumed, and it's. Well, it's something that I smoked a lot. Oh, you smoked? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I would say it was probably maybe. Oh, dark, dark. It was dark. You know, it was like nice for a, like a split second and then dark, and it always came hand in hand with alcohol. See, for me, like I was, I, I would say if anyone asked me, I would be like, I would be an alcoholic. And the drugs came along with it because I had no, there was no, no barriers, no barriers, ah, nothing. Gotcha, gotcha. But I would never have. If you were if sober, I, you I would was, never jump when onto. I was on, coming, when I was hungover or on a come down, I the first thing I went to seek wasn't drugs; it was alcohol. And I wonder if because drugs do a different things to your brain when, you know, like Ritalin is speed, which is what they give you when you have ADHD, and it calms you down. So when you're taking those kind of things, it doesn't give you the same effect as the person next to you that maybe doesn't have the same brain. So I never really sourced to seek things that made me feel down or like a downer. I was always for uppers, like yeah, alcohol yeah, yeah. is like crack. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the one of the, yeah. Right. Like life is positive, everything's amazing, I can do anything, I can stay out till four and you know and the reality is that it's it becomes very quickly over a few years not like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been uh, it's been one of the most honest conversations I've ever had and I appreciate it. I know like it can be hard to talk about this stuff, but you're very but maybe as you said before too, you've been through stuff. So you are in a position where you can help people. You can recognize if people are in similar situations, you can see it or feel out the energy or feel the vibe. And if you feel to lean into it, then you have an opportunity to help other people. Not that it's your responsibility, right. but, but sharing that's, that's really sharing cool. Is you know, there's loads of things that I read in yeah, I think there's a lot of messaging I saw from other people that had been through it previous to me that maybe subconsciously I didn't realise I was picking up. Um, you know, just like, oh, I recognise that in myself, or I recognise this, or I recognise that. And, you know, ultimately when it came to going through recovery, there was things that I was aware were going to be hard. And I think because I'd seen some mess messaging from other people yeah. Yeah. over the years, or, yeah. you know, somebody had said to me, oh, you know, like, have you ever thought about not drinking, you know, getting sober? <laughs> Fuck off, Brian. How about that? You know, because I was the worst. If someone had said to me that they didn't want me to drink or have I thought, I would have automatically not hung around with them. That was it. Like, I did not want to hear it. No, you were not my type of person. Like, thank you. I was very aware of, you know, I said to you as well, like, alcoholism is a bit like being, you know, that, a zombie disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it wants to do is keep the host from, you know, keep it drinking, keep yeah, it yeah, consuming yeah. what it wants it to consume. So it will trick your brain, like, and be like, that person's no good for you. They don't want you to have fun. You know, just stupid yeah. shit like that. Rather than that person is trying to reach yeah. out and, and help you. When you do get sober, it will be like, you're fucking boring and no one likes you. 
and you can be in a room full of people that love you and are treating you absolutely no way, no, no different. And in early sobriety, you can, um, yeah, think that everybody hates you and that no one likes you and they all think you're boring and that you're never going to find love. You know, like it's just, it just comes up with as many the things. paranoia that we talked about, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get you to start drinking again. Because it wants, it's like a parasite, it wants you to, to do it. And look, not everybody has that kind of brain. But I think a lot of people that suffer from addiction do. I've never heard anyone describe alcohol as a parasite. That what, like, that's actually quite, yeah, quite an amazing... For me way. it is. Yeah, it really sticks in, sticks on and, you know, all of the, yeah, it's not good. For me, you know, I've got friends, a lot of my friends are really responsible drinkers. You know, they have one glass of wine and they're done. And I'm like, how the fuck can you do that? Like, I literally stare at them like, really? You know, and then they're like, yeah, no, I just don't want to drink anymore. And I'm like, cute. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I've gravitated towards those kind of people now. You know, my, a lot of my friends aren't heavy drinkers. They are um, moderate drinkers and they, yeah. And Enjoy one or two and then. Yeah, and that's just kind of who I've ended up gravitating towards. That's awesome. Yeah. Your hair's gonna fall out if I don't rinse okay. it off soon. Thank you, thank you.